Hi, everyone. It is time to introduce our new show. But before we do that, I just wanted to let you know that Candice, Sue, and myself, Patrick, will be going on hiatus, our annual summer hiatus um, from July 1st, which means we're already on there if you're listening to this, to the beginning of August. And during that time, we're going to be doing some gardening, getting back to herbs and doing a lot of research and setting up some new things that we're going to be doing uh, when we return for the Herbal Nurse Society and the Practical Herbalist. Um, as you know, some of us, um, as you know, we've been doing this for quite a while and, and we think that the changes that we're going to be working on are going to bring us uh, to the next level. So without further ado, we'll get to this show and we'll see you back here in August. Uh, have a great summer. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, recorded live from River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today we're going to be talking about, um, well, before we get to that, let's talk about the Herbal Nerd Society and how they really make it possible for us to do this podcast. They do. We love the Herbal Nerd Society members. Yes. Thank you for supporting us. And we hope that the things that we have provide in our gratitude mm-hmm. for um, supporting Practical Herbalist and Real Herbalism Radio is great, helpful to, you, to y'all out there. We do an article every week about our herb of the month, and we do. We're going to be changing that. Yeah, actually. things things are strange. Things are afoot. Right. This yes. is actually the last episode before our hiatus for the summer. We're actually taking like we do uh, each summer. We take about four or five weeks off to actually go out in the world of herbs and plants and gardening and do things. Go do herbalism. Go do herbalism. Not <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, so with that, we're going to be doing. Um, some bigger changes are coming in August when we come back, but we are not. We haven't sussed them out completely yet, so I don't. We're not going to reveal too much. Yep. But without the Urban Learning Society member, we could not do the podcast. They help fund um, all of the hosting that we need for the podcast and for the website. Uh, and with that, we thought, well, why not give a, a gift? So. One member, a current member of the Herbal Nerd Society, is going to receive a book. By grow, Maria Well, Grow Rose. Your Own Herbal Remedies. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's an autographed book by Mar- Maria Noel Groves. And it also has access to her online content that couldn't go into the yep. into the book when it was published. Yep. And as a bonus, all new members for the month of July um, will be put into to a drawing to receive that same book. So mm-hmm. if you've been thinking about joining the Herbal Nerd Society for only $4.99 a month or $49.99 for a year, this would be your opportunity to do so and get a gift, possibly win a gift of Maria no- Noel Grove's new book is? Grow Your Own Herbal Remedies. There you go. Um, so existing members are going to be put into a drawing mm-hmm. and new members will be put into a drawing. Yeah, so that's that all book. existing members as of the last day of June 2019. Right. And the for and then so that'll be one book. Right. And then the second drawing is for all brand new members beginning with July 1st First, through the 31st, 31st. of July yep. of 2019. Right. You put in for that drawing. So if you've been waiting, now is the time to do it. And to all, all of our existing Herbal Nerd Society members, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking with Dr. Rachna Patel. And we are going, we brought her back because we had so many questions. Candice? We had a bunch of really cool questions. There were some folks who responded through email to us and some mm-hmm. folks who gave us some Facebook through Facebook. And then I actually ended up just chatting with like, several people that were like, oh, yeah. And they asked me questions. And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> I know somebody who knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote them down. And yep, Dr. Patel is going to be joining us today. And there's a couple of people that asked several questions. And then um, a couple of people that asked one each. So 
Uh, we're just really grateful for folks. And if we mess anything up in our translation of your questions, we apologize. But uh, CBD is something I'm still learning a lot about, and I'm anxious to hear what Dr. Patel talks about. Okay. So without further ado, now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susie Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Rajna, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Oh, I'm so glad you were able to come back to the show because we had a ton of questions. Yep. Do we want to, can we just charge on in or do you have any other new updates that you want to uh, refresh us with? Um, we can, we can actually just charge on in. Okay. Okay. Let's right. do it. We also want to, I want to take a second to say congratulations on your book again, where you've, uh, we're very excited to have that as a resource for us to learn from. Yes. And uh, we'll have a link on, of that book on our website. So people in the show notes, so people can check that out too. If they have more information, I'm sure that there'll be just live wires. Oh yeah. At the end of this interview. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So the book we're talking mm -hmm. about is called the CBD oil solution. And it's by Dr. Rachna Patel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to ask the first question. Yep. Cindy C. asked us, what is the difference between cannabis, hemp, marijuana, Mary Jo, and all the other names? Okay, <laughs> so here's how I want you to think of it. Think of the word cannabis as the family name, okay? And within that family, you have close cousins. And these close cousins are marijuana and hemp. And the main difference between these two close cousins is in the amount of THC, okay? <clears throat> so hemp has less than 0.3% THC, whereas marijuana has more than 0.3% THC. So, so that's, that's sort of an overarching um, uh, picture of how to think of the differences between cannabis, marijuana, and hemp. So that kind of means that if you're taking hemp, you're not likely to get high, but if you're taking marijuana, you're more likely to get high. Yes, correct. All right. Hmm. Sue? Okay, we got another one here. Um, this one goes, how do I know whether THC or CBD is best for me? And this one is from Anonymous. <clears throat> okay, so it's going to depend on the medical condition that you have, okay? Okay. So which conditions benefit from high amounts of CBD? So the most common ones are migraines and headaches, muscle pain, nerve pain, anxiety, and uh, mild to moderate insomnia, okay? And these are sort of more general categories. Of course, you have like more nuanced conditions, like for instance, under muscle pain, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis falls under muscle pain because it causes what's known as spasticity, which is a severe form of muscle cramping. Um, when it comes to high amounts of THC, um, typically um, we're talking about conditions um, such as nausea and vomiting, poor appetite, uh, severe insomnia, um, and um, when it comes to both CBD and THC, um, you know, we're mainly talking about autoimmune conditions. So, so you do need that, uh, both in order to effectively treat the symptoms of, of autoimmune conditions. So 
So that's sort of a, a big picture of, you know, who's going to benefit from high amounts of CBD, who's going to benefit from high amounts of THC, and who's going to benefit from both. So that means that if you're someone who, for instance, suffers from chronic anxiety, you get panic attacks and all of that sort of thing, you might be looking more at the CBD end of the scale. Yeah, you definitely want to look at more um, at the CBD end of the scale because high amounts of THC actually makes anxiety worse, right? So right. so if you're anybody who has used um, marijuana recreationally in either high school or college, likely you overdid it <laughs> and uh, you may have oh, yeah. felt anxious, you may have felt paranoid, and that was being caused by excess amounts of THC. So anybody with anxiety should tr really, truly just steer clear of high amounts of THC and stick to high amounts of CBD. Okay. So, but if you're someone, let's say, that has insomnia, let's say you're a woman who has insomnia, you're middle-aged, and you know that it's kind of linked with the hormonal cycle, but you know for like two weeks out of every stinking month, you're going to have a hard time sleeping. That might be the high THC. Right. Be? So if it's so the distinction between severe and mild to moderate insomnia is how dependent you are on some sort of medication to help you sleep. Okay. okay. So so mild to moderate insomniacs, they they get bouts of insomnia here and there. Okay. Um, but you know, nothing to the point where they absolutely need some sort of medication to help them sleep. Otherwise they cannot sleep at all. So that's the okay. distinction between, between the two. So that means our, our middle-aged moderate insomniac may not actually need medication. She might need it for a night or two, but really she's fine. You know, she's, it's not fine. It sucks, right. but it's not severe. Yeah. So as long as that person doesn't need any sort of <clears throat> medication on a regular basis, I would definitely consider it a mild to moderate insomnia. In which case, CBD or THC may not be the right course of action anyway. No, in which case, uh, CBD would be the right course of ah, action. Okay. But right? if you're so some, a mild to moderate. Right. But let's say you're someone who has the really severe insomnia for whatever reason. I'm going to just throw PTSD out there, but for whatever the reason happens to be, You've got really serious insomnia. You need medication every night and frequently you go for nights in a row where you may have very few number of hours of sleep or not restful sleep. Would that be a THC potential? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it cool. would be. I mean, I've had really severe insomniacs who've been on multiple prescription medications and high doses wow. of them um, who... Um, have been they haven't necessarily been able to come off of the prescription medications, but they've been able to significantly reduce the doses uh, of these medications and significantly reduce the number of the of the medications they need to take to help them sleep. Nice. Well, that that kind of leads me a little bit to maybe Mary Q's question. She asks because it sounds like you kind of it would be helpful to really have a doctor who understands CBD, THC, and proper dosage and all of that. And that's what she asked is, how do I find a doctor who knows about THC, CBD, and how much to take and, you know, that sort of thing? What are the questions to ask your doctor? Okay. So a couple different things that you want to look into, okay? First is look at the doctor's credentials. Um, and you can typically find this information on your, on your state's medical board's website. And you can just, you know, usually there's a database on there. You can just enter in the doctor's name 
and a bunch of information will come up. And it's the type of information that you're looking for are things like restrictions or suspensions on the license, medical malpractice settlements. You're going to find all that sort of information on the state's medical board um, website. Now, the reason I point this information out, this this particular factor to look up, is because, you know, um, in the, the medical cannabis industry, what oftentimes ends up happening is that physicians who can't necessarily practice in conventional medicine will default to uh, practicing in, in uh, uh, you know, medical cannabis um, because there's no sort of um, structured uh, training or, 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 you know, certification requirements or anything like that, okay? Now, um, and then you also, you know, you'll be able to find some information on where the doctor went to medical school and college is all this information is available on the medical board's website as well. Now, here's the other important thing to, to, to ask the doctor, how much experience has the doctor had in treating, um, uh, your particular condition? Okay? okay. So sure. This may be a medical cannabis doctor with good credentials, uh, no issues with their licensing. But they may have little to no experience, in which case, you know, it's, it's a situation where you have the blind leading the blind. You don't want that to be the case. Okay. No, yeah. And um, the other thing is, is that, um, you know, you want to look at um, when it comes to experience, you want to look at not only the number of years that the doctor has been, has been experienced, but also how many patients um, they've treated and how many patients they've treated with your particular medical condition. Okay. Um, and these are questions that you can just call up um, and ask the doctor. Okay. Just contact the doctor and ask these questions straight out and they should be able to give you this information. Um, now, the other thing is, is that um, you want to make sure that the doctor is uh, familiar with CBD products and medical marijuana products. Okay. Because ultimately what you want is a list of specific recommendations um, of products to use so that when you walk into a dispensary or when you go online to order, you know exactly what to order and how much of it to order, okay? You know what you're looking for. Um, uh, you know, you're not overwhelmed or lost when it comes to this, okay? And then the doctor should be walking you through exactly how to use these products, right? So that entails... Um, uh, uh, you know, which delivery method to use, how much to use, when to use it, okay? And then also how to use these products, the CBD products, uh, uh, the, the marijuana products with your prescription medications and over-the-counter medications that you're taking. Are there any side effects? Uh, are, I'm sorry, are there any drug interactions that you should watch out for, okay? Um, is there a certain way that you should use the CBD product and the marijuana product with, you know, any particular uh, medications that you're taking? And then the other thing is you want the doctor to walk you through, um, uh, number one, how to avoid the side effects of CBD products and marijuana products, but then also how what to do in case you do have side effects. You know, how do you manage those side effects, so these are the main things that you want to be asking um, the doctor before you even make the appointment um, or information that you should be looking up before you even make the appointment. That is really helpful, actually. I have another question for you, and this one is from Kylie Putnam. She has given permission for her name to be used. She asks, based on discussion of how cannabis is being grown, 
I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on toxic residues in topicals. Um, yes, you do want to watch out for, for toxic residues in topicals because you could potentially develop allergic reactions to them. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> always read the ingredient list on, uh, on the topical, but also make sure it's laboratory tested. Okay. So you want to make sure it's laboratory tested for pesticides. Um, you want to make sure that it's laboratory tested for, um, also residual solvents as well. Okay. And I would say those two main things when it comes to topicals. Now, if you were taking it internally, I would also, in addition, say, make sure it's been tested for heavy metals. Um, the other thing is, is that um, if you're someone who has a compromised immune system, even with topicals, you want to make sure it's been tested for certain bugs, right? So we're talking about bacteria and fungus. Um, so, uh, you know, most common bugs are things like E. coli and salmonella, which affect more of the gastrointestinal tract. <clears throat> but then you also have like pseudomonas, which can um, <clears throat> impact people. Um, you know, it, it, say a topical is contaminated uh, with pseudomonas and it's applied to the skin. You know, a person with a compromised immune system can get infected in this way with pseudomonas. Um, so, so that's another thing to to watch out for as well. Um, so, those are the main things that I would tell you about. But the other thing with topicals is that um, you want to also look at the amounts of of CBD that are in the in the topical, right? Because there's varying strengths of topicals out there, and you know, some people may need um, lower strength products, but then other people may need higher strength products. So, so that's another thing. Um, uh, again, you want to look at laboratory test results for this. Yeah. And I, I want to jump in really quick and say that when I was reading the CBD oil solution, I noticed you had a really nice section, at least for, um, those of us who don't read lab reports all the time, you had a nice information in there about what to be looking for and reading labels on CBD products. I appreciated that. So I want to point that out to our listeners that that's a really good resource for getting started with recognizing some of that information. Yeah. Well, this leads into another person's question. This is Chris's question. And he asks, can you explain why some seeds are CBD dominant while others are CBD rich? 3% more with a THC dominance from the same mother when a cannabis or marijuana plant is the source. So it sounds like they're asking about why do we get so much variation? Yeah, you know, I think um, a, a grower would be better able to, to answer the question why. Um, but basic, basically what I would tell you is that, you know, just like um, brothers and sisters from the same parents turn out different, <laughs> you know, uh, it's the same thing with seeds, you know, from, from the same mother, <clears throat> you have you know, basically these seeds are, are siblings and they have a different genetic makeup. But then also, you know, when that seed is planted, um, if they're planted in, you know, different environments, they'll grow differently and produce differing amounts of cannabinoids, of differing amounts of CBD and THC. Mm -hmm. So so that's ultimately what I, what I tell you. So it seems like the question, if I understand correctly, is getting at, you know, why do you get so much uh, variation from the same mother, yeah. uh, you know, where the seeds so different. 
Yeah. So that's basically what I would tell you. Life is diverse. Well, <laughs> and when we look at like the lavender essential oil testing, mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of that in that industry. And what they find is that farm by farm, year by year, plant by plant, there's a great deal of variance in the various different constituents in the essential oils that they're testing for. Right. And oftentimes there are essential oil blends that are created like one that's called Lavender 4042, mm -hmm. which is they use a variety of different plants to hit the different constituent levels that they're trying to in that particular type of right. blend. So plants vary. Yep. They all vary. So yep. I'm sure that's part of what happens with cannabis as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. And it's actually a good thing because that's how we're getting these variations in different cannabinoids. And they're able to help different conditions, right? Just like, like right. I mentioned before, that some conditions are benefited by high amounts of CBD, whereas other conditions are benefited by high amounts of, of THC. And then you have others that are benefited by both. So we do need those variations. To, to medically benefit us. Right. You know, that actually leads into one of the questions that I had, which is from me. I'm going to say it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really about when you're looking at the different um, CBD and THC and the different ones, is it, how do you know whether you should be doing topical or whether you should be doing internal or should you be doing both? Like if you have neuralgia, let's say, is that, do you do both? <clears throat> how do you know? So it really, so it's going to depend on the condition and the severity of the condition. Okay. So say you have um, a little twitch under your eye. In that case, yeah, you can use a, a, you know, a topical and it could effectively relieve that twitch. However, if you're someone who has multiple sclerosis and basically what happens with these conditions, with this condition is that you know, imagine getting a full body cramp. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So that's, that's sort of the experience with multiple sclerosis. In that case, the topical is not going to cut it. You really need to take it internally. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with like, for instance, anxiety, right? Taking a topical, using a topical is not going to cut it. You really do need to take it internally for it to impact your biochemistry. Right. Um, whereas, you know, if you have a skin condition, um, then you can certainly use a, a topical, um, you know, especially if it's localized to a certain area of the body, then a topical will, will be effective. But, you know, you can have the same skin condition, but it's not localized to one area. You know, it's, it's a, it's a full body, uh, impact. Then in that case, you have to take something internally. So it really does vary <clears throat> from condition to condition, um, uh, is, is what I would tell you. Even arthritis, um, you know, someone can have just, you know, a couple of joints that hurt on their hands, mm, but then you have yeah. others that have like full on like, uh, oh, arthritis body. in their, yeah, their spine, yeah. Yeah. their knee, their hands, their neck. Um, and so in that case you would have to take it internally. So, so that's, you know, the thought process behind that. Okay. I have one from Aaron S and that is about using cannabis for treating eczema. What would be uh, the best protocol for something like that? Um, <clears throat> so, so like I mentioned before, it's going to depend. If it's like a localized area of eczema, you can certainly use a topical. Um, but if it's uh, more of a systemic eczema, then you would have to definitely take it um, internally. 
And in terms of combinations of chemicals, um, I would say with something like eczema, because it's an inflammatory condition, you need both CBD and THC. And this is because um, both CBD and THC have anti-inflammatory effects, but when they're used together, there's an even greater anti-inflammatory effect because you have what's known as the, the synergistic effect or the entourage effect going on. And essentially what that means is that one chemical enhances the effect of the other chemical. And so if you can imagine, you're getting an even greater anti-inflammatory effect. So, so that's what I would tell you. Thank you. There's another one that kind of relates to that. And this is another question from the same gentleman, Chris. Are there any other cannabinoids other than THC and CBD that have beneficial results in a combination or in compounding with CBD? Um, so as far as the research goes, uh, most of it has been done on CBD and THC and the combination of the two. Um, so based on that and also based on what I know about, you know, the, the how the chemicals, the, the phytocannabinoids react with these receptors, it's mainly been the effect of CBD and THC. Um, also know that the plant makes THC and CBD in the highest concentrations, uh, you know, from what we know. Um, it, the other chemicals are made in, in lower concentrations, and they're either precursors or, or postcursors, so to speak, of the CBD and the THC, okay? So there are chemicals that are used to make the CBD and the THC, or there are chemicals that are a result of the breakdown of the CBD and the THC. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what we know. So I have one more question. I know you've got to get going really soon here. Um, but the last question I want to ask you comes from George. And he asked, um, who should avoid CBD or THC? Okay. Um, Okay, so cannabinoids in general should be avoided by people who um, have heart conditions. Um, like, so as an example, if you're someone who's had a heart attack in a recent past, um, then I would tell you to avoid cannabinoids in general. And this is because um, specifically THC can cause increased heart rate, and that puts uh, a demand on the heart which um, for, for someone who has recently had a heart attack can't handle. Um, I would also say um, anyone with um, who's had a history of psychotic episodes um, should, they don't necessarily need to avoid it completely, but um, you should take it under uh, close supervision of a physician. Um, and that is because, um, you know, these chemicals can potentially exacerbate psychotic episodes in those who have a history of it. So would that include um, people who have things like maybe diagnosed bipolar or things like that? Or are you talking about the yeah. people where they've had a full on, like they've been to the mental hospital and, and you know, full on psychotic break? Um, I would say the, the people who have a history of schizophrenia and a bipolar disorder, um, but also those who have been admitted to the hospital for uh, an episode of, of psychosis. Okay. Um, so, so that's what I would say. Um, because even the people who have 
a history of bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, they may not have had a psychotic episode, but they may be more vulnerable to it. And, uh, you know, it can be triggered easily by taking, you know, the wrong combination of cannabinoids in the wrong amounts uh, and whatnot. Makes sense. Um, And then, yeah. And then you have women who are planning on becoming pregnant, who are pregnant or who, who are breastfeeding. And this is because um, when they've done studies, um, what the research has shown is that uh, cannabinoids could lead to low birth weight, one, but also preterm labor and delivery as well. So there is a potential for that. We don't have solid science on that, but there's some science <clears throat> that that sort of leads in that direction, right? And so, you know, as a physician, because I'm not certain of the impact on a growing fetus or growing baby, I would be more cautious and not uh, recommend, you know, uh, these women to um, to use cannabinoids. I, the other thing to know is that cannabinoids can get passed to um, to an infant through breast milk as well. Oh, that's that's really good to know. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. it's a resin. Okay. Well, um, where can we reach you to get some more information other than uh, checking out your book, of course? Yeah. So there's my book. There's also uh, my YouTube channel. And people can just Google Dr. Patel. Patel is spelled P-A-T-E-L plus YouTube. And it should show up on the first page of Google at the very top. Just click on that and it'll take you straight away to my YouTube channel. I am constantly answering commonly asked questions there. So that's a good, there's a good um, wealth of information there. Um, There's also my website, which is www.drdrrachnapatel.com. And I also have a Facebook group where um, I go live and answer questions. So uh, you can reach that by going to facebook.com backslash groups backslash ask the CBD expert. Nice. Well, that's great because there are several other people that ask questions that we haven't been able to get to. So uh, we apologize to those folks out there, but now you know where to go. And we still appreciate you asking those questions. Yes. Thank you so very much for joining us today. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a delight. And as As always, always, put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies